0: Ladies and gentlemen, basketball fans across the world, welcome to another episode of the Basketball Podcast, the number one basketball history podcast on the Basketball Podcast Network. And we're number one because we're the only one. Jeremy Brenner here, the CEO of Basketball Nostalgia. And today we are continuing Linsanity Week. Go check out part one if you haven't done so already. It will definitely prepare you and make you a much more informed listener. For part two. Of course, I have Tyler who here with the coast to coast podcast IV who knows all his Knicks and all things Jeremy Lynn. So Tyler, thank you for coming on to the show and we're going to pick this right back up. So when we picked when we left off the last episode, Jeremy Lynn just beat Kobe Bryant. He was on top of the basketball world. The Knicks were the center of the NBA for the first time in what feels like forever and the knicks are starting to pick up some steam here and they're actually starting to fly up the standings from before jeremy lynn was out
1: right i mean this is the first time i mean i mean obviously the year before amari was on his mvp campaign like almost mvp campaign then mellow came in then you know uh stuff kind of fell off but before that the knicks hadn't been good since before i was born since 1999 2000 like i was born in 2000 they made the finals like Right, the lockout year, like right mm-hmm. before I was born, and they got killed by the Spurs. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen much of a success as a New York basketball fan. But um, this was an exciting time. Um, so where do we begin?
0: Because what was unique about this, you mentioned Carmelo, you mentioned Amari. Like this team is clearly a team that's buying. Yeah. And they're not playing extremely well. Mm-hmm. And this game that they had against the Lakers, no Mellow, no Amari – But that don't matter because you got Jeremy Lin and you just beat the Lakers
1: in Madison Square Garden.
0: Your fourth straight win and the Knicks are back at uh, the record now 12 and 15. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they then go on to beat the Timberwolves. Uh, Not as good of a game for Jeremy Lin, just 20 points. But that was a team high 20 and it uh, was enough. You know, he did his job there for the knicks so now they're two games above or they're two games below 500 then they go to toronto and this might be my favorite moment in all of lynn's sanity jeremy lynn starts off this game pretty poorly if i can remember yeah he He wasn't playing yeah so it was kind of like okay jeremy lynn he's you know
1: he's done he's teetering teetering off you saw that that tim rolls game the flash He's teetering off. And, and then
0: Flash in the Pan is over. Exactly. Like, you're like, okay, well, it was a nice, cute little run that, that he had.
1: But time for the big but, and,
0: and at halftime, they were down double digits. Yeah. They're down 11 at halftime. And I want to say at this point, so Jeremy Lin, um, let me try to find this exact stat for you guys. So Jeremy Lin, he goes in to halftime. I think he has like maybe eight points, something like
1: that. He has nine, yeah, he has nine points and five turnovers. That's, that's yeah, nine like, points and five turnovers. Six, so yeah. Given he did have six assists, but that's cool. But like five turnovers, it wasn't. Your turnover really
0: to assist ratio ain't that good. Um, but yeah. you get into the second half, Jeremy Lin starts to you know limit his turnovers. The Knicks are starting to, you know, piece things together, he's knocking down threes. And you're at a point now where the Knicks are, you know, within striking distance. They're within nine, and you know they have they have to make a run in the fourth quarter. But it's certainly doable. It's not it's not completely out of the question. And he comes in. He plays almost the entire fourth quarter, I think, because at this point, like the Knicks are really injured right now. So Jeremy Lin is kind of thrown in this position because he has to play almost the entire game if the Knicks want a chance to win these games. Which could be a little bit of a, I guess, a red flag. But also keep in mind, like, Amari was hurt. He's back now. But Carmelo is still hurting. Carmelo is your guy. Like, Carmelo is still the leading scorer of this team. He is still the top guy on the team, even with Jeremy Lin. Yeah. But him being out was a big part of why Jeremy Lin was as successful as he was. We mentioned that a little bit in part one. But basically, Jeremy Lin gets to a point in the game where they are down, um, they're down five. Or no, they're down. Yeah, they're down five with about two minutes to go. And the Raptors go cold. Jeremy Lin is able to cut the game to one and tie the game because he hits the and one. And now you're tied at 87. And the, the Knicks have the ball for the last possession. And who has the ball in his hands, Tyler?
1: Jeremy Lin. Jeremy
0: Lynn got the ball in his hands. And let me tell you this. I'll say this. When Jeremy Lynn had the ball in his hands, I knew they were going to, I knew I knew he was going to make it. Like, you knew he was going to make it. Like, it wasn't like after coming back, after everything he did at Madison Square Garden against the Lakers, after everything that we've seen so far, there was no way he was missing that shot. Oh, yeah. It
1: was, and
0: he just, oh, man. It me. You couldn't stop it. Like, he (laughs) shot it from way beyond the three-point line as well. Yeah. And it was just – it was a beautiful shot. Like, it was the perfect arc. And you're like – you're like, nah. Like, he really (laughs) did that. This dude, Uh, Jeremy Lin, who was on the bench three weeks ago, did
1: that. The game winner against Toronto to get us to 14 and 15. Oh, my God. That was – Yeah, so that is –
0: you know, what was that? Win number seven in a row?
1: Uh, Where's the streak at now? Because I think one, it's a three, – three. It's a seven or uh – one, two, three, four. I think that was win number seven. That was six, but it was a seven-game winning streak. Six. Yeah.
0: Okay, win. yeah. It's so It's in the
1: six in Toronto, and it's a six-game winning streak. He's
0: basically saving their season right here yeah. by himself. He scores the last six points. He has 27 in the game. Right. They go on, they beat the Raptors, and that was probably, unfortunately, the the last
1: best Huge moment movie. from Jeremy yeah. It was a cool – I'll take that as the last best moment. That was mm-hmm. unbelievable. First of all, uh, I want to point out the anecdote. We don't see games like that anymore. First of all, 90 to 87, when a game scores below 180 points, that was a long – that feels like an ancient – Ages, especially mm-hmm. the way the NBA is paced right now, like games are 125 to 120 every every night. Yeah, I mean, like if you look, that that just goes to show how much
0: the league has changed in in just the last ten years. Right. So, Jeremy Lin, he is at this point where he's the dude for the Knicks. Like, like there's no way he's ever going to see the bench again. Like, there's no way the Knicks can just ignore this when. You know, Melo gets back like Jeremy Lin needs his touches. Mm-hmm. And I think so Melo comes back, I think, pretty soon after this.
1: Right? Correct. Yeah, he comes back. Um not sure exactly when, but like I'm assuming in the next like four or five games.
0: Yeah, so Carmelo, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up his um game log from this from this season. Um but, yeah, so Jeremy Lin, he, he's the dude now. Yeah. And Mello – so Mello comes back three games later to play against the Nets. And they start to hit this slump again. Th- this is a very up and down year for the Knicks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this was
0: – you know, yeah. they started off cold. Then they get this Linsanity hot streak. Then they go cold again. They lost between – in early March, they lost six straight games, and then after that, they went to win. It, it was like you win seven in a row, then you lose six in a row, six. then you win then five in a row, then you lose, yeah. then you lose three in a row. Like it was such a bizarre season for them, just up and down, back and forth. And Jeremy Lynn, he gets hurt yeah. um, a couple games after this, and that's just not what you want to see for a guy that fought so hard to get to where he is and for this moment to just kind of just fizzle out it's a very yeah. anticlimactic ending to <laughs> yeah. jeremy lynn's new york knicks playing career
1: yeah um he tore his what tore his meniscus or i think his- it was meniscus there yeah. yeah he tore his meniscus i remember that getting the news i don't know that was the detroit game we won by 22 but um I got the news I was just devastated. I was like, "Oh my god, it's over. Jeremy Lin's sanity's over. We're done. No more NBA like Asian American NBA stars ever." Like I was I was overreacting, you know, as a little kid, but mm-hmm. in a sense I was like, "God damn it, it's over." Like Yeah. Th- and then
0: for the next that year,
1: especially cuz he was a f- restricted free agent that year, so I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit, it's over."
0: Well, the Knicks did say they were going to match any contract that he got. And to be fair, like, Jeremy Lin did have a great, you know, two weeks. But that two weeks ain't going to get you a max deal.
1: Yeah. No, so, no
0: and, and granted, you know, the Knicks did spend max money on Amari Stoudemire, did spend max money on, um, you know, Melo. So the cap situation – but ideally, the Knicks could have, if they really truly wanted to – made it work for Jeremy Lynn they 100%. could have maneuvered some contracts they could have moved players around they could have you know if they really wanted Jeremy Lynn they could have made it so that he would stay
1: right 100 percent I mean it wasn't an expensive contract at all it was three years 25 million dollars offered by the Houston Rockets yeah. poison pill contract all that uh and this is and one if, it, if it always, wasn't a yeah. poison
0: pill Tyler yeah
1: Next match. It, yeah, hundred percent. But it was a poison pill.
0: But yeah. w- I'm trying to th- remember because I guess he was making what, like seven million, or yeah, he was like making like, I think it was like five million, five million, fifteen million
1: for the that that Rockets. that
0: three-year contract the Rockets offered for the
1: Rockets. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember something being like that. Not too bad. It wasn't even a bad contract. I mean, like yeah, I was. Uh, this is that's the one thing I hold against Dolan forever. I mean, I hate the guy. I hope you're hearing this, uh, but um, I don't. I really don't like the guy as a Knicks fan. But this is the one thing that just pisses me off to this day. Like we could have like made that work. Like sure, would have fizzled out in a couple years, but like at least try. There's nothing yeah. to lose. I haven't seen any success. Might as well make it fun for me.
0: So. And the thing is, at this point, Jeremy Lin is twenty three years old, or something mm-hmm. like that.
1: Like, yeah.
0: but I think when you look at Jeremy Lin, like just overall, not not looking at Lynn's sanity, but the full package, Jeremy Lin at this point in his career is a starting guard for mm-hmm. for a good team. Even like he went to the Rockets and made the playoffs in both years with the Rockets
1: yeah. as,
0: as the starting point guard. So that was what he was at that time was a point guard for a, a decent NBA team or maybe a higher profile player on a bad team. Exactly. So if the the Knicks were kind of looking at him and they wanted to go like, this is mellows team. Right. I I think personally, like if the Knicks had matched and they had him for 2013, does that really change the Knicks that much?
1: Like, are they are they that
0: much better with with him versus without
1: him? Honestly, I'm not sure because Raymond Felton was pretty okay for us. I mean, I like I like Raymond Felton. Jason Kidd was on our squad as the backup point guard. I think it would have pretty much been the same result, but it would have been fun. Like I think Jeremy Lin would have bought a little more di- like dynamic ability because he's a better shot creator than Raymond Felton. Mm-hmm. He can get to right. spots. Raymond Felton's not a shot creator. He's a regular point guard. He's some days he'll look good and some days he'll look like terrible. But same deal same deal with Jeremy Lim, but Jeremy Lim brings a little more uh, creativity to the mix. Also brings a lot of turnovers to the mix. He did turn the ball over a lot as I remembered mm-hmm. back in those days. He used to be a lot very reckless, but at least he brings that that energy, the aggressiveness, like that the Knicks kinda needed. So I mean, we'll never really know, but I mean I would like to think that he would help us a lot.
0: Mm-hmm and then so when you realize like jeremy lynn's not coming back though yeah does how much of a punch does does it feel like a punch to the gut
1: feels like a gut punch exactly that's exactly how i felt i was like oh shoot like i i he was it was so fun to watch and it was like a movie really good Mm climax, really high and then the the plot just kind of died down with the injury like falling off and then the injury the ending doesn't match the, the plot. <laughs> the plot exactly. It's, it, the ending doesn't
0: like, like yeah. you thought that this would end in you know some success in the playoffs or or anything like that. But it didn't even do that. Like it was right. just he 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 got injured three weeks later and was done. Like he yeah. never played for the Knicks again. And yeah. then he comes to Houston. And speaking from Houston, like this is why yeah. I feel like I'm a good person for this we were really excited cuz Jeremy Lin at this point with the Rockets like Jeremy Lin the Rockets have a very unique relationship with their Asian with the Asian American community in, in the Asian community just in, at large in Houston there's a like large contingency of asian people in um in Houston and like for instance my high school which is in Sugarland Texas is 50% Asian. Like, my graduating class was 50% Asian. Yeah, and I see your face. You're like, whoa, didn't, like, you wouldn't expect that. Didn't expect that.
1: that in Texas, especially. Yeah, but
0: the there is a very strong Asian... Presence in Houston, I think that might have appealed to Jeremy Lynn when he was looking for places right. to potentially sign. I think he wanted to stay in New York. I don't think right. there was right. a reason he wanted to leave the Knicks. But in case the Knicks didn't match, that was uh, an ideal destination for him. And he fit yeah. pretty well into that core that Houston had built, at least for that first season, because yeah. they start, weren't expected to do anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was the, he came in as a starter. Yep. They didn't have James Harden yet. They got him like right before that season started, maybe days before. And it was a Lynn, J- James Harden backcourt. And it was it was nice because Jeremy Lynn could be, like, a complimentary guard to Harden. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jeremy Lynn, like, he played pretty well. Like, he had, right. I want to say he averaged, like, 13 a game or, four, yep. like,
1: thirteen. his numbers were pretty, yeah, yeah so it's, his, yeah, assists, 13 yeah. a game,
0: six assists, like, decent numbers for a team that, you know, they were the eighth seed that year.
1: Right, and 41 and 41. Yeah, and they
0: needed more of his, you know, offensive creation next to Harden just to be a little bit more creative. That offseason when they got Dwight Howard, that really put them in a different position. Jeremy Um, Lin was still, you know, primarily the starter, although he did end up losing the the starting job job at some point to Patrick Beverly.
1: Yeah. Because Patrick Beverly that. at that point
0: was just a better fit next to Harden because he right. brought more of a defensive Defense. presence. That, and he yeah, was and a spot, he was better well, off the bench. Shooter,
1: Yeah, he was yeah. a better. Jeremy Lin was the spark off the bench. Uh, Pat Bev was locked on defender and uh, mm-hmm. an okay shooter. I mean, Jeremy Lin is out like a slightly better shooter than Pat Bev, I like to think, but um. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, that you said it. You said it right. You're you're a Rockets fan yourself. You know you know the team. He was a better fit, and that's completely like completely right. I also, was, at this yeah.
0: point, like we mentioned, how Jeremy Lin is a starting point guard for a average to below average team, mm-hmm. yep. whereas for a good team, he's a solid role player. And at this point, the Rockets, when they acquired Dwight Howard, went from not a contender to a contender, and that really kind of push jeremy lynn into a different role and then he gets his third year it's the poison pill year he's making three times yeah. as much money as he did the previous year and they move on from him and then he turns into this kind of journeyman point guard which yeah. just he never could find a place that really he could stick with and right. That to me, like I never—I mean, he did have a couple of years in Brooklyn. Like, do you remember right. when he got back to Brooklyn and yeah. how the city felt and how Knicks fans felt that he was going to go play in Brooklyn?
1: Yeah, it was kind of bittersweet. It was kind of my remember. Like, what I remember about that was one, it's Brooklyn, we hate Brooklyn. Two, mm-hmm. it's like, um, it was just like nobody really cared at that point because at that point the Knicks were terrible. As mm-hmm. you know, regression to the mean. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen this year. Please, knock on wood. But um, but um, we um regress back to being the Knicks. Uh, the Nets weren't that good. Jeremy Lin only played his first year in Brooklyn. He only played thirty six games, started thirty three of them. Played really well. No, all like, all things considered, he played really, really well in, uh, in Brooklyn. I'd say for what we expected, but Brooklyn was also really bad. They were yeah, they were bad. It was a it was a rough time for New York sports. Um, yeah. Actually, you know, it was a rough time. No, none of the teams were really successful. The Yankees were kind of on the come up. We'll mm-hmm. stick that. We'll stick to that off uh, off air. But um, and <laughs> the next the next year, um, Germelyn first game, he gets eighteen. He gets eighteen four, and then gets hurt, done for the season. Yeah, and that was the ending of that. That was the ending of he just his Brooklyn. He team. could
0: never find his footing, and
1: could never stay healthy either.
0: Yeah, and it's just. You know, and there were some places where you know you thought it could stick. I thought he was going to stick around in Charlotte. It
1: It kind of didn't. Charlotte.
0: Charlotte looked like a place where he was very comfortable. I
1: I thought he was going to stick. I mean, like Mm -hmm. the crazy hairstyles, the six. Went to the playoffs that year. Yeah, went to the playoffs. The six men behind Kemba didn't have to do too much. Sure, his field goal percentage was a little low, but like you know, it wasn't below (laughs) forty. But that's the that is
0: that 2016 season is the best basketball. Charlotte has seen since the Hornets left to, for exactly. New Orleans.
1: Exactly. They were
0: they have not made it that far into the playoffs in in Charlotte in their second iteration. Was that the and, year the
1: suit man, the guy with the suit, who's taunting Dwyane Wade? Was that the year? Was that? I think oh, that man, because yeah, I remember that, they that play, series. They played the heat, the heat in the first, in the first round. round. Yeah. That was that was fun. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Kemba. They had. They Although, had a little what that might too. have been the
0: year. That might have been the year Dwayne Wade was in Chicago.
1: No, no, no. I I remember Dwayne was back. With, it was he was still on the Heat, and he was. I think he left the, the, the year after that, the year after, after he went off, to Chicago. Yeah, he bounced. I think the yeah. year okay. after. Okay, uh, but that was that was like him taunting suit man, and that was a fun series. Like Jeremy Lin, I felt I thought Jeremy Lin found his footing. I was like, okay, he's gonna be the backup point guard behind Kevin Walker for mm-hmm. the next couple of years uh, in Charlotte, and then. He ends up going to Brooklyn. I was like, God damn it! Like, why did I? I don't want to root for Jeremy Lynn in Brooklyn. Like, no, nah, well, I'm not doing this.
0: The thing is, he kind of, after he left the Lakers, mm-hmm. he was kind of in a de- in a decline, and right. he needed a prove it deal, and that's what Charlotte right. gave well, him. That's very true. Yeah. And then he proved he himself, like, and the well. Nets were like, we want you to be a starter again. And Jeremy Lin, I think, sees himself as that. Like, I think that is what. He envisions for himself. I think he he thinks he's better than most people think he
1: is. Yeah, and he, that's he, a he good thing him. and a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, definitely.
0: And so he goes to Brooklyn, he's their fill in point guard for when they're a bad team. He gets right. he gets enough minutes to, you know, be a solid contributor. But after that, he never found his fitting in, in the NBA again. And I'm right. I'm so upset about that because he re I think. With the Knicks, he would have stuck.
1: I yeah, think he would have stuck so with so the too. Knicks had they yeah.
0: had they matched that deal. I really think that they could have built something real nice with with Jeremy Lin, with Melo, with yeah. yeah like J.R. I really think that that team had something there that the Rockets kind of stole in a way because that poison pill contract. But did, when you say but, okay. when you say you're gonna match any deal, like you match it, say what you mean and mean what you say. And it's you had to fun. expect that some kind of deal like that was coming. That's what all restrictive free agent deals look like because right. you're trying to pry them away from their old team.
1: But they have an opportunity to match it, and they didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, I hold that against Dolan to this day. Yeah. I think
0: Jeremy Lin's best fit was that New York team. And maybe, maybe the uh, second runner-up would probably be that Charlotte team. Just because his role was so, like, his role just really fit. It was defined. Yeah. And Kenda were able to play off of each other and and all that. But
1: he could come off the bench and he didn't have that crazy high expectation on him.
0: Yeah. Now you see Jeremy Lin. And so he goes to Atlanta. Yeah. Leaves after a year. And then he's bought out. And then he goes to Toronto and he was one of those
1: He's a bench warmer
0: last guys off the bench, just like he was at the beginning does, of his career.
1: So it comes full circle.
0: And it kinda yeah, in a way it does kind of come full circle. And he ends and, the story with a ring.
1: So that's the best and part. Yeah,
0: that that to me, and in a way, that, that kind of felt like you know, a little bit of a complete story, you know. Yeah, he, gets, like- he comes out on top. Even if it's not, you know, while he's playing, yeah, he he gets the ring, and I think that that at the end of the day, because look, when you're Jeremy Lin's age, I feel I think most people play the game for the ring, right? But Jeremy Lin, I feel like he's playing just play now.
1: He he just likes. Like, basketball. I don't think he, I don't there. think. He,
0: yeah, I think he cares more about basketball than the ring.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's why if you if you look at interviews after that uh, Toronto season after the ring. He, he was kind of upset about, like, not about, like, the ring. Like, he was upset because, like, oh, he's like, oh, I really wanted to contribute more. He's not, like, complaining about, like, playing time. But he's like, oh, I really wanted to contribute more. It would have meant more to me. Mm-hmm. And he was, like, telling people, like teams, like, look, I can still contribute at this stage of my career. I'm still, like, I'm relatively healthy now. I'm playing good bats I played good basketball the past couple of years, but teams never really took a chance on me. And I'm hungry. I want to go ball just give me mm-hmm. just let me come prove it for you um, and it kind
0: of yeah,
1: brings yeah, nobody... you back
0: to it almost resets his career right it's, like, a, it's like
1: it's like a book because now League. he's yeah.
0: he's where he was at the beginning of his career mm-hmm. fighting for an nba roster spot exactly and you know he goes to china he's a big mm-hmm. He's 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 a big commodity in China. He's a one big, of the most popular commodity. players over there for obvious reasons. Who wouldn't because because of this, sure. because of Linsanity. Well, that is exactly. why he is the one of the most popular players exactly. in China. Yeah. And he I remember him talking before the G League bubble this this season, and he said, you know, I could have made, you know, millions, I could have made a lot more money if I stayed in China. But he chose To to go play for the Warriors in the G League bubble. And Mm -hmm. I think that just shows you where Jeremy Lynn sees himself. And that and that like it kind of states his intentions. Yeah. It he is like he wants to just play basketball. And there's a beauty to that. There's something. There there is a bit of a I think he would play for free if he could.
1: He honestly could. He I mean he probably would, honestly. Mm -hmm. He loves basketball. He's a basketball savant. And it, it's, it's something that you can't really just like, you can only like sit back and like respect that. Like, this dude loves basketball. He just wants the NBA to give him a second, another shot. And it's a
0: welcoming feeling yeah. in this NBA when you don't see a whole lot of that.
1: Yeah. You know, you see a lot of guys just playing for, um, playing for money, playing for some, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to call anybody out, but, uh, if you know, you know, playing for their 2K rating, playing mm-hmm. for, um, ring chasing, clout. Cloud, um yeah that's pretty much it and then you don't see they don't guy. play for none of that he'll play for basketball and basketball only and i love that like we need more gu- i mean we need more guys who just play for basketball like like jeremy Lin did. and mm-hmm. it's it's sad i've made the argument to pretty much every one of my friends that will, will talk about it i'll be like hey Jeremy Lynn deserves to have a spot in the league whether it's the 15th man off the bench i'm not asking for him to be a starter but a team out there could use him it's just that he doesn't really align with a lot of teams timelines that's more that's more my thought process like say, this is
0: one yeah. hell of a loaded question yeah but would you take jeremy lynn on
1: the Knicks right now Oh, that's a good one. I thought about yeah. that a lot earlier. I got a couple
0: of these. I, I like to trick my guests. I like to kind of you know, butter them up, make them feel comfortable. comfortable and then yeah, right and at then the end, end I, I throw the
1: hammer. Exactly. So, Jeremy
0: Lin, would you take them on the Knicks right now? Yeah,
1: hey, you're warming he me up really with fastballs.
0: Well
1: you're warming up with fastballs, and then you just drop the, drop the off oh, speed yeah. in there. Exactly. <laughs> However, all right, only if we get rid of Alfred Payton. <laughs> we can send him to anywhere else. <laughs> I hate, I, I genuinely do not like that guy. I mean, he, he, uh, take it from me. Don't take it from you. So, for p- future guests, don't listen to that. Listen to just what <laughs> that's me. This is Tyler who is speaking. I do not like Alfred Payton very much. He's not really on really? the development of quickly because quickly still gave minutes, but like, mm-hmm. come on. I'd rather have Derek Rose as our starting point guard quickly off the bench mm-hmm. and then, sure, maybe get Jeremy Lin on, uh, and. We do have Austin Rivers still and Frank Milokina. So we kind of have a loaded point guard group. I'll t- I'd take yeah. him, but there wouldn't be a spot for him. That's, he probably more, that's more of my answer. Yeah, yeah
0: he, isn't, he probably isn't the right fit
1: for the Knicks right, right now. Right. But He would be a good leadership guy. Is there a team guy. that you
0: yeah. think could make sense for him?
1: Just off the top of so. your head? The Clippers. Yeah, Clippers. Yeah, they need a point guard. and. Him, he's played with Pat Bev before. He's probably played with a couple other guys on the roster that I just can't think of. Patrick but, Patterson. Yep, Pat, Patrick Patterson, Patrick Beverly. Both of them. Uh, yeah, that'd be a good fit. I mean, why are they looking at him? I mean, I just I think it would be about,
0: cool if he played for the Knicks. How like it would be? It would be that would be even, even more game. full circle. You know how yeah. he goes from starting with the Warriors undrafted, then goes to the Knicks and works his way through, and then he's back there fighting to get back into the league, goes to the Warriors, and then back to the Knicks. It'd be history repeating be, itself.
1: That would be full circle. And then he There's nothing up- better
0: than history repeating itself,
1: exactly. unless it's for
0: the absolute wrong reason. For the
1: worst. <laughs> yeah. This is for the um, good business. It'll be special.
0: Yeah. So I, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't address with you, because I think you're a very good person for this. Yeah. So obviously we have – this Jeremy Lin, you know, coronavirus situation that happened in the yeah. bubble, where a G League player, you know, uh, we did, we haven't identified him, but apparently yeah. he's been identified by the league, um, okay. but they're not making it public, and Jeremy right. Lin wanted to keep it that way. Of course, Jeremy how Lin do you keep it. So, and of course, with what happened in Atlanta last week, um, yeah. With how do shooting. you feel about the way? Asian Americans and Asian people just period are treated in like, what is the, what do you, th- how do you feel about the perception of, of Asian people in America right now? And what do we need to do as non-Asian people to change that and to, and to ensure that things like what happened in Atlanta, things that would happen in the G League right. bubble don't happen, don't happen again.
1: Exactly. So um, I've been pretty, active talking about this um over the past couple months it's tough being asian american right now being an asian period it's like Mm -hmm. i could walk out because i go to school in the bronx like if you know anything about the bronx new york it's not exactly the safest space um so i could like walk out i'm like sometimes i'm scared to go out in the dark alone like go out at night alone because like i could get attacked by somebody because i'm uh, just because of my skin color and how i look um there's been a lot of like there's been Thousands of hate crime, like hate crimes against Asian Americans, not not Asian Americans, against Asians since the corona uh, coronavirus pandemic, since the pandemic began, and I feel like it brings obviously corona, like the media puts it toward China. I'm not going to go there. Um, they they put it towards China, so this gives people internal like hatred and like perception like Asians are like the reason why COVID started. They hate like they hate us because like. They mm-hmm. think we started it. I don't like, I don't want to be where the origin started. Don't really want to get there, but um, it gives I mean, people. You a,
0: who, yeah, exactly. In the Bronx, you yeah. started it, Tyler. It's all yeah, your I, fault.
1: I, I could have started it, honestly. I could have just walked out and, like, caught somebody understand and then, that. I don't,
0: yeah. I've <laughs> never. You know what? Maybe that's just you and I because you because yeah. you you live in you've lived in New York your whole life, yeah.
1: right? Whole life, whole life, born and raised it's
0: just, yep. and, and I'm from, you know, a very multicultural part of Houston. Like I mentioned, fifty right. exactly. percent of my high school was Asian. Exactly. So I, I had a lot of Asian friends, friends. and I exactly. feel this I feel the same. I don't know if I wouldn't say the same, because I, right. I think that it's difficult to feel the same
1: mm-hmm.
0: through something like that. But I feel anger when right. when exactly. I see things like that. It's just like like, I'm just like, why? Like, I can't yeah. believe it, it, it's hard to believe that stuff like that happens. Right. Because of, you know, I grew up in a place where, you know, you, you treated everyone how you wanted to be treated and you treated yeah. everyone the same regardless of anything like that. And I can't fathom the idea that people didn't grow up like that. But right. the thing is, that is the not the same for everybody. And in fact, there's a lot of people where it's not that. And right. it's just, you know, it's interesting because I think in a weird way, Jeremy Lin it kind of pulled this back in and kind of put a bow on this whole thing. Right. Jeremy Lin, I think his story does perpetuate on a lot of Asian stereotypes. And I think that's why a lot of these right. hate crimes happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But in a sense... Jeremy Lin turned all of those negative stereotypes
1: and he one. has, yeah.
0: he has conducted himself in such a positive manner. Like, and yeah. I think that he has, and you know, he is, he is a role model for millions of people, Asian and non-Asian. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that is what is the best part about this whole thing is Right. Jeremy Lin was just an average dude. You yeah, know, not even just Joe. an Asian dude, he was just an average, yeah, average guy,
1: like parents were five, six.
0: Dude yeah. is Joe Schmo, like, yeah, he, <laughs> maybe just, not. He's, he's Joe Schmo, with he's the about jumper. as average as but, like,
1: like, coming from that scenario, but yeah.
0: yeah. Like, Joe Schmo that had to work on his jumper, and he worked hard <laughs> enough to get very there's a blue collar part to the story, there's you right. know, there's adversity, there's just everything like that. It's a very blue collar story,
1: I right? Think. Right? Right? And
0: yeah, right. in a way. He represents what America is.
1: It's about, yeah, exactly. Fam- parents or immigrants to America didn't speak much English, worked their butts off, got German to like, go to a good high school, uh, Palo Alto High School, I believe, mm-hmm. in Palo Alto, California. His dream school is Stanford. If you, I watched a video like that German made on his YouTube channel about like, mm-hmm. why he like, went to Harvard. He got rejected from Stanford, his dream school. He was like, he didn't even get in, not even for yeah. school. Like, he just didn't get in.
0: Hey, I got rejected from the first school I wanted to go to. So. Same.
1: Same here. Yeah, Looking at it right here, Villanova. <laughs> Villanova. <laughs> My dream school. I, I mean, I'm a Villanova <laughs> basketball fan to this day. Yeah. But, like, I got rejected from there. I, I got waitlisted, then rejected. But, yeah. like, same story. Um, then again, Stanford's a very, very good school. It's one of the best in the world. Yeah. But then he ends up at Harvard. You know, it's like he ends up at oh, Harvard. If Harvard
0: was my second choice.
1: I'd, like, I'd be man. sad. I'd be chilling. Yeah. No, but yeah. I'd be, but he, he ends up at Harvard, you know, super smart Asian guy, but really hard worker. He's the American dream, pretty much. He is the American dream. Obviously, the American dream ended up in the MBA somehow, which is insane, but um, it's still but the American it. dream. Yeah, he, he did, did it for all of us. Exactly. Yeah. And, and look, there's yeah.
0: there's a whole lot of, you know, the story has been documented pretty well. Yeah. It has, you know, Jeremy Lynn has worked on several documentaries and several. Um, I I think there's, there was at least at one point there was a documentary on Netflix. Um, I'm not sure if it's still there, but there's definitely a lot of Jeremy Lin content out there. Yeah, that definitely. It's definitely something if you're looking into, if you if you want to find a story whether it's basketball related or not, that's just about overcoming adversity. This is definitely one of those stories that you should look into. And I'm glad that I had you on Tyler so that we could add on as a compliment to all of that uh, content with with you today. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Tyler, who, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for this week on Insanity Week, feel free to drop your Twitter handle below and plug in anything you're working on.
1: So right now... I am a college student. I've got a pod. So thank you on, thank you again, Jeremy, for having me on. For thank sure. Thank you so much. It's an honor being on here. And I really appreciate it. First of all. Um, second of all, I am a college student right now. I um, I have a podcast called the Coast to Coast Podcast IV. Uh, you have to look up IV at the end because then you won't be able to. It'll be hard to find it without that IV. It, it's got multiple meanings. It's one we couldn't get it on an Apple podcast right away. And like people couldn't find us, and then two is because there's four of us on the podcast, uh, four co-hosts, and it's a great time. Uh, you can find us on all platforms that sh- stream podcasts. What else? Um, you can check out my Twitter at Who Is That Kid? H U I S T H A T K I D, and that's also my Instagram handle. Uh, you can also check out my podcast Instagram at C T O C Podcast I V, where you post little preview clips, edits. You'll like it. Trust me. And um, from there on out, I'm just going to continue working, to hopefully get into the field uh, of sports management. And I mean, if you want to connect with me, with me on LinkedIn, that's another one. But other than that, I
0: I've never had someone put their LinkedIn on there. Hey, hey you can go follow been. me on LinkedIn too. Exactly. Jeremy Winter, yeah,
1: we're, we're connecting after this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but thank you. So, thank you again so much for having me on and uh, I look forward to doing this in the future. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And you can follow uh, the Basketball Podcast on Twitter at P-A-S-T-K-E-T-E-Ball. You can follow the Basketball Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsPodNet. And you can follow my personal Twitter and LinkedIn if you'd like. Uh, Jeremy Brenner, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. I'm working on a project here that should be coming out really soon. I'm hoping in the next week or two, definitely sometime in April, at uh, the very latest, where I'm taking the NBA – setting it back to the year 2000 and letting NBA 2K do the work, figuring it out. How does history repeat itself? If we reset back and go back into the time machine. So that should be coming out. It's going to be an exciting little side series for the passable podcast. So keep, keep your eyes out for that on my, on our socials and yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the passable podcast. Until next time, rewind and be kind.